Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. So um, I have been thinking about mentorship in the last few weeks. And our, our scripture today especially in the series that we've been talking about, Follow First. We look at the model of Jesus and how he turned the model of leadership up on its head by servant leadership. We see the way that he guides, the way that he follows his Father in heaven by following, and he tells us to go do the same. He was doing this as he was washing his disciples' feet, and he says, now go and do likewise, essentially saying, if you are going to be a part of our kingdom, you are going to serve. This is what we do. He said, I came to seek and to serve and to save the lost. And so we've all had mentorship moments where either we've had the opportunity to speak into somebody's life, to be able to help, to guide them, and we have been mentored by people just speaking. It could be a family member. It, it, it could be a boss. It could be a teacher. It could be a friend. It could be a coworker, somebody in passing that speaks into your life, and it helps shape you. And if we are, are going to think this way as, as being as following first, we also have to be thinking that the Holy Spirit can use even a child to speak into our lives. And we're going to be looking at a scripture that really shapes this today. And we've been looking again like, like how, how Jesus has, so of course we're using him as, as this model. And, you know, it's so interesting when, when some of the scribes and Pharisees and the other uh, known teachers, Jewish teachers of the day, were trying to trap Jesus. They were saying, what is the greatest commandment? And, and Jesus, of course, didn't buckle under pressure. He said, well, it, it's to love God and to love your neighbor, and that fulfills the law. And, and so if you're familiar with the Ten Commandments of Moses, you, you can see that those two things can absolutely fill the Ten Commandments. Because the first half of it is our relationship between us and to God. And the next part of the Ten Commandments is our relationship and how we interact with one another. Isn't that amazing? Jesus, in two simple words and phrase, says the entire law of Moses. So if you'd like to follow along in your own Bible today, we also have, if, if you like to follow along, we've got those little shelves in the very back that have some Bibles on there. If you need one, take one. And we're going to be only in Exodus chapter 18 today. So we're going to have it um, up here as well. But if you're one that likes to follow along, um, which I encourage, of course, or you have it on your phone, that's where we're going to be today. So I'm prepping you. But before we get there, we've got some important things to talk about. So a number of years ago, um, there was a, a man that, um, he's probably about um, 18 years my senior, and um, I really admired him. Um, his kids were in our youth group. He had tremendous kids, still does. Um, he is, was extremely successful um, in, in his line of work, and he was so much after prayer and the heart of God, I was like, I need to get around this guy. So when I could, I would, I would take him out to coffee and I would ask him questions. <clears throat> and after a number of our meetings, he kept bringing up the same type of situation, but with different people, and he was so irritated. 
And in, in his line of business, the people that he hired were from premier institutions like MIT and other top-tier schools. And he was so irritated with them because they would come in and they would only be there for a couple weeks, a couple months, and they would be meeting with him and saying, I need to be promoted. You need to give me more. You, you need to, I, I can handle more. You're not, you're not taking advantage of all my wisdom and skills. These were just young graduates. And here he is, a, a doctor in his field, and he has hundreds of people underneath him. He goes all over the country, and he's just, he's fed up with it. And he looked at me and he said, I would take somebody with less education, with 15 years experience, any day of the week over these snotty-nosed kids. He was so irritated. And I'm like, okay, all right. And so one day, same thing, we're at Caribou in Chaska. And he said, I was so irritated this time that as this MIT graduate, she was sitting there telling me how she's worth all this and how she needs to have this bigger portfolio. He said that he was on his laptop, she was across from him, and there was a screen mirroring his, his laptop behind him. And what he was doing was, he was taking the work of somebody who had been there for 15, 20 years, and she's talking and blabbing about how amazing and incredible she is, and all he's doing is slowly scrolling through the work that somebody had been putting in for years. And he said, after minutes and minutes of, of her talking about how great she was, she started to notice the information on there. And she stopped from her babbling and said, this is incredible. Who did this? Where, where did you get all of this? And he then started to explain, this is the type of stuff that can be produced from people who've worked here for a long time. These are the people that have the larger portfolios. And he started to explain, she didn't know that she wasn't ready to carry something that was way too heavy for her at this point in her life. She didn't, she didn't realize it, but in her head... She thought she was. My friend was kindly trying to show this young girl that she just wasn't quite ready to carry the load she thought she could carry. I liken this to young adults who leave their home and maybe they're in an environment that had, they had some really nice things that they grew up with. They, they never, there was never need. They maybe drove mom and dad's super nice car. They went to school and... Next thing you know, they got their first job, and that first job wasn't very much money. But they think in their heads that they should just arrive at the starting point of where their parents are. Their parents who've put in 10, 15, 20, 30 plus years of hard work, dedication, tears, the struggle, and thinking that they deserve it or that they can somehow carry what their parents carry, not knowing that if they were under the burden of where their parents are right now, they would be absolutely crushed. But they, don't, they can't see it. They, they can't realize it. Corey Ten Boom, who's um, a very popular and famous name, lived in Amsterdam. You want to put up that picture for me? Their family 
in Amsterdam saved, they've counted 800 Jews during the time of, of the Holocaust. This is the house that's still there. You can go and tour it. Can you go to the next slide for me? Here is a picture of the hiding place. Some of you read that book where they hid so many people as the Nazis came through and, and tried to, to come in, and, and they just knew that something was going on in their place. There's a story of Corey when she was young. We're on a first-name basis, just so you know, Corey and I. She was a child, and she was on the train with her dad, and she was learning to read. And as they were on the train, she's, her little feet not even hitting the floor, <clears throat> there was somebody across from her, and of course the newspaper was in Dutch, and she read a word and it was sex sin in Dutch. <clears throat> and she said, Daddy, Daddy, what is this word? What is it? And her dad, being a wise man, and he was a doctor and had his medical bag there, said, Honey, why don't you go over and grab my medical bag and bring it to me? So she jumped down, plopped her little feet, and hustled over there, and with great confidence tried to pick up that bag and she couldn't. She couldn't pick it up. And of course, her dad, with his great wisdom, knew this. And he said, you know, you're not strong enough to lift that bag yet, just like you're not big enough to understand the weight of these words. And there, there are times in our lives where we think we're ready. We, we know we're ready. And some of us have rushed into things not being ready. You know, there is a weight that can crush us. And um, some of us um, have, have experienced heavy things in our lives that nearly crushed us and, and took us out. And in some cases, have nearly taken us out altogether. But by the grace and mercy of God, he has brought us through. Can I hear an amen there? I know some of your stories. I know some of the things you're going through. He has brought us through, and guess what? He's bringing you through. He has sheltered us under his wings. Some of us have had to grow up faster than we wish we would have. But the Lord, again, is guiding us. He's bringing us through. As we jump into Exodus 18, I believe that this text will be helpful for different types of people. And so maybe you'll fall into one of these categories. You don't need to raise your hand. <clears throat> maybe the person who's trying to conquer the world, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I think this will be helpful. The type of person who doesn't want to be a burden to somebody else. The type of person who thinks they can do it all alone. The type of person who is stubborn, strong-willed. The type of person who is a know-it-all. The type of person who is prideful and arrogant. Maybe doesn't know it. This is also going to be extremely helpful, I believe, for the mentor, for those of you who see yourself at a point in your life being able to speak wisdom and guidance into other people's lives. I think this is going to be extremely helpful for you and really how to guide somebody else by using the life of Jethro. Now, as you can see, I have a bench press out here. <clears throat> And uh, I thought about wearing um, some athletic gear today, but since we have an annual business meeting, I thought I should be more professional. So, um, Dennis, could you come on up? And James, can we give our, our volunteers a good hand today? 
You ready? All right. This is James. Everyone say hi to James. Hi. All right. Why don't you come stand right here? And uh, this is Dennis. Everybody say hi to Dennis. Dennis is one of the stronger men that I know in our church, and so I said, Dennis, I need you. And so he was very willing to do this. You won't need to warm up. This is a piece of cake for you. Okay, so why don't you go sit down on the bench press? Okay, so Dennis is somebody who's lifted some weights. Um, Now and again, I see that you put your jacket on to hide your your, um, muscles for us. That's very humble of you. (laughs) And... What James is going to do, he is going to spot Dennis because Dennis clearly needs James's spot. Isn't that right? All right. So what's going to happen is you're going to put your hands right here, and when he says he's ready, you want to kick out, what, I don't know, maybe eight of them or something? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. All right. Don't push down on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Dennis here is, for those of you who are listening online, we've got a bench press. And uh, here's Dennis going to pump some iron. There we go. Yep. Okay. One. There we go. Uh, <laughs> there. He wants to keep his back low and keep, keep himself. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. There we go. Uh, okay. Now put it up. Put it up. Now, that didn't seem very hard, right? No. Now let's switch places. Okay, hold hold on, hold on a second. So, what do you think? Do you think you can do this? You you don't think so? I I was actually kind of hoping he was going to say yes, because I was like, this, yeah, this is kind of what I was just saying, right? So, okay, why don't don't you go ahead and, so, I I want you to first, um, Dennis, can you just barely, just really lightly... Yeah. Now, are you okay if, if he just kind of holds lightly and let you try it on your own, but he'll keep hold on it? So as the spotter here, Dennis, why don't you go ahead now. Go ahead, James. Okay. All right. Yes! Yes! That is so good! Okay, why don't you stand up here for a second. Now, in many of these situations, we have... Somebody like Dennis, who's been training, he's been working. This guy works indoors, and so every opportunity that he has to be outside or to do something physical, he's like, get me out and let me do it, right? Now, James might see somebody like Dennis and think, well, he can do it. I'm going to do it, right? But in these situations, this is where the, the younger person, the novice, needs somebody like Dennis to help him so he doesn't hurt himself, and to somebody to help lift the weight so it doesn't crush him. Now, let me just stay up here for a second, because I know you're going to follow me with this. Now, if you've never worked out with free weights, you're not going to follow me, but I want to show up hands of guys who are not too ashamed to say it, that there was a time when you got on the bench press all alone. You know where I'm going with this. Okay, keep, I'll keep the hands up. I want to see this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and maybe you got one, maybe you got two, and you were toast, right? And what did you do? You had to roll it down your body, or if you, didn't, if you didn't have the rings on it, you literally dumped it, and then it flew this way. It was awful, but if you had guidance, if you had somebody that was willing to come up alongside you, you're not going to get hurt. It's going to help you. Okay, James, 
Thank you. Here's some Starbucks gift cards, and I'll give you a high five. Thank you, guys. <laughs> what does this have to do with Exodus chapter 18? Well, let's find out. We're going to start in verse 7. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that they had come upon in their way and how the Lord had delivered them. Now, up to this point, uh, Moses' family was with the father-in-law. He was alone. My guess is, is that Jethro is like, yeah, you're not going, Zipporah, and my grandkids are not going to go die. This guy's crazy. He talked to a bush out in the wilderness, and he thinks he's going to go to the most powerful nation in the world at this time, and he's just going to walk in and defeat him. Yeah, I'm not putting you in jeopardy. You stay here with me. Verse 9, And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel. In my estimation, he was amazed in that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Verse 10, Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now listen to this in verse 11. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods because this in this affair, they dealt arrogantly with the people. People And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifice to God. And Aaron came with all the elders um, of Israel to eat the bread with Moses, the father-in-law, before God. This is a conversion. Okay? Jethro was serving other gods in his location. He came, he is, hears the testimony of his son-in-law, of what God has done, and he declares only the one true God could have done this. He is now converted, and he now sacrifices to God, the one true God. Verse 13, The next day Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing with the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me and inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and the other, and I make them known the statutes of God, the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for this thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you and you shall first represent the people before God in bringing their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them known in the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Verse 22, And let them judge the people 
at all times, every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves, so it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burdens with you. In verse 23, if you do this, God will direct you, you will be able to endure it, and all the people will also go to their places in peace. And the verse 24, it's our last verse, so Moses listened to the voice of the father-in-law and did all that he had said. Powerful. This is, this is so powerful, and it is so rich for us today. Jethro was amazed. He absolutely knew, he absolutely knew that Moses couldn't have done this. He was a stuttering man who came weak, who ran from Egypt. And he, all he did was at this point, shepherd, who is this guy? He knew that God did something mighty and he knew that it was definitely not his son-in-law's strength. But Jethro, even though Moses is at this point accomplished one of the greatest feats of all time up to this point, Jethro had something to offer. Now, Many of us, maybe if we're at the top of our game, things are looking good, you, you're just the smartest guy in the room, do you have patience to listen to somebody who hasn't accomplished as much? Do you, do you have the wherewithal to humble yourself and to listen? Because I promise you, Moses didn't have to. At this point, there were a huge amount of people following him. He had the riches. He had the ability to do and to say what he wanted. He was on his way to being a brutal dictator, well, not brutal, but being a dictator. So Jethro modeled mentorship. Can you put up that first slide for me? So here are, I would say, Jethro's mentorship process that, that he used. He encouraged and listened to Moses' stories of how God used him. And then Jethro spoke into it. Look at what God has done. Look at this. He, this is amazing. He, he's, he's encouraging Moses in this story of what God has done. And if you paid attention while I was reading, you noticed that he didn't say, let me stop you right there. No, he listened. He listened to what was happening. He observed, he sat, and he followed him, and he watched what was happening. After he observed, he asked questions. He didn't just start saying, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to gut this program, you need to listen to me, I know what I'm talking about. No, he then began to guide him along the way. But first, he encouraged, he listened, he observed, he asked questions, and then he guided. He was able to use his life experience and wisdom to be able to help his son-in-law. At this point, and only at this point, of listening, observing, speaking into his life, did he then start speaking and saying, let me help you. So number one, he said, you are going to wear yourself out. 
You cannot go at this speed. So some of you who, who are, you're just wanting to crush it. You're going to take the world by the tail. You're going to dominate. At some point, you are going to wear yourself out. And for some of us that maybe we just rushed into things too quickly, we think we can do everything. We got underneath the rack and we just decided we could do it all alone. And then you're in a crowded gym and you're being crushed and you're slowly rolling the weights down your body, hoping nobody is watching. I've never done that before. <laughs> yes, I have true confessions of the pastor. And then he says, as a comment, you cannot do it alone. Now, I think that he was um, a tremendous mentor because so many of us, it's really easy to point out problems, right? I could tell you all the problems, right? And then I can walk away and leave. But it's another to come with a solution, and so I, I've said to, you know, there's been people throughout my life and whether it's at work or different things, well, this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem. And I'll say amen to that. I agree. So what's, what's, how do we fix it? Well, then it gets quieter, right? And this is, I believe, where we now see the difference between an actual mentor and just a complainer. Okay, anybody can find a problem, all right? I can, we can talk about our church for five minutes, and as soon as I walked in the door, there were a lot of problems, okay? So here, here is now the difference, and here is where Jethro, I believe, really succeeded in this. Could you go to the next slide for me? First of all, he gave him a job description. What? Thousands of years ago, there was a job description. Look at this. Jethro says to him, and again, we just read all of this together. One, you need to represent Israel before God. This is where the whole idea of a priest came in. This is, this is what the tradition was. Moses was the, the prophet. He was the priest. This is the Levitical line that all the priests came through. This is why we here don't believe in a priest that represents you. We are told in, in Peter that we are priests. Once Christ came, once his death on the cross, once the Holy of Holies was broken free and the Holy Spirit was available to you and to me, we now have a mediator who is Christ our Lord, not a man. But in this situation, Jethro is saying, you, this is before Jesus, of course, represent Israel before God. Job number one. Job number one. Job number two, teach Moses was to warn about God's laws and teach people how to live by God's statutes. This is the law. He was to teach the law. He was supposed to have this society that guided them in order to be able to follow under the ways that God wanted man to live. Three, hire well. Hire well. How many of you know the people around you will really shape your future? It, this is truth. This is why we pray over our kids for the right friends. Um, I, I think maybe even I said it last week that I, when I pray for people, especially when I pray for people in areas of, the, of business or whatever's going on, I pray for the right people to be around them. God, put the right people. This is, again, we, we've been talking about um, God brought Moses, or brought, God brought Aaron, his, Moses' brother, to come at a time of weakness. 
Moses' wife saved his life at one point because he didn't circumcise his own son at the time he was supposed to. And she saved his life before God killed him in the desert. God brought Moses' wife to save him. And in this situation here, we have his father-in-law speaking wisdom. Higher well, surround yourself with upright people. Pray that the Lord brings the right people around you. We all have seen this in places that we've worked. When we are surrounded by the right people, it is incredible. Not only is it fun, but it takes what we're doing to the next level, right? Hire well. Lastly, part of the job description, make the hard calls. So part of appointing the right people, number three, is that they were in charge of hundreds, fifties, twenties, and tens, those people were going to be dealing with just mundane issues that, that these leaders were going to learn and be taught how to take care of and to judge. But when the big issues came up, he was the one, Moses was the one that was going to do this. I believe what we have here is we have one of the greatest guidelines for mentorship that, that I've seen in Scripture spelled out like this in Exodus chapter 18. It is remarkable. This is a great teaching tool for you and I. Now, th this is the fruit of it now, is verse 23. There's three things. Jethro explains that the people around him should carry the burdens with Moses. Okay? And then there's three things that will happen when he does. One, God will direct you Two, you will be able to endure. Remember how he said in the very beginning, you're going to wear yourself out? You are going to be able to endure. And three, the people will be blessed, or they will go down in peace. And then one of the greatest parts, if you're looking for to be mentored, and anybody here who's been a mentor in people's lives, these are the words that can make Anybody happy? You want to put the last one on there for me? So Moses listened. How many times have we been stubborn? How many times have we been prideful and arrogant? How many times have we not listened to the voice that God is literally bringing to us, speaking into our lives and trying to, to move us forward? In this situation, we need to be like Moses. And we need to listen. I'd mentioned earlier, God sent notable people in Moses' life. His wife, Zipporah, Aaron to be his mouth, to speak for him, Jethro to give him guidance and mentorship so he wouldn't be crushed by the weight that was now going before him. This entire Follow First series was based in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Be followers together, it's interpreted. Join in, join in imitating. Become fellow imitators or like our coffee mug that I hope you already have, Pursuing Jesus together. We are called to be pursuing Jesus together, keeping our eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. 
as we follow Christ, Paul says, follow me. As I do what Christ does, follow me. And this is part of what we do as a church. God has placed us in each other's lives, I believe, for a reason. So I want to say to you, be open to listening to who God has put in your life. Be open and not arrogant. Be willing to learn and not a know-it-all. Be a listener and not an interrupter. Be an observer and not a judger. Be a questioner, not a teller. And just maybe he'll bring a Jethro or maybe make you into one. Amen? Would you please stand? In this Follow First series, I felt like this is one of those areas in Scripture that is clearly teaching. It is clearly speaking to people like you and I that know that we need people in our lives to be able to do and to be everything that he's called us to be. But even in the midst of times like this where, where it's more of a, of a teaching, I believe that the Holy Spirit may be working in somebody's life today. So if you would just bow your heads for a second, just for respect for, for people. There are, it's kind of a, a few ways of, of trying to connect with people and their relationship with Christ and, and kind of next steps. The first one is acknowledging that you're a sinner, acknowledging that you need a Savior, acknowledging that Christ is Lord, that he was raised from the dead, and he came back to life, and you put your hope, you confess him with your mouth. And that comes by saying, Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life. Jesus, I believe in you, and I want to walk in your ways. The next step is the public step where we have water baptism, where you publicly say, I am following Jesus. Now, we don't have water baptism today, but I do want to make it available that if you're somebody in here today and you're, you're saying, I want to follow Jesus, I want to make this commitment and start on a path of being a disciple, a follower first of Jesus. If that's you, I want you to just look up at me, give me a wave. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm just going to take a moment. Praise you, Lord. It's important that we give these opportunities, friends. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the center of it all. We thank you that we are doing the best that we can to make you the center of this church. Lord, we ask for you to pour out your spirit upon us. May we hear your voice. May we follow your ways, Lord Jesus. May we be able to be mentors that, that speak into people's lives. But Lord, may we be receivers as well. Lord, may we be attentive to your spirit and to how you're using other people in our lives to help us. Lord, I pray that you guide us today. Guide us as we are spending time and laughing and eating together and also are during our annual business meeting today, Lord Jesus. So Lord, for those of us that are joining and, and eating together, Lord, we pray that you'll bless this food to our bodies and uh, join our communion time with one another. 
In your holy name we pray. And the church said, amen and amen. May God bless you. If you need prayer today, I want to invite you to come forward and someone will be here to pray with you. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.